Time once again for a recruiting roundup here on the YouTube home for BamaOnline.com. Travis Ryer, senior analyst for BOL, right there beside me is Joseph Hastings. JoJo on the road. We're going to have some road updates from Joseph Hastings coming up in just a little bit. And down there, the centerpiece of the program, Tim Watts, site publisher there at BamaOnline.com. And guys, no shortage of topics where it comes to recruiting you had some official visits at the capstone last weekend you've got a junior day coming up this weekend and between it all seems like we've seen tim this alabama staff uh all over the place but going back to last weekend an opportunity to sort of cross some t's and dot some i's where some of those 2024 signees were concerned yeah, I think they had a, you know, it must have been really nice to have Kevin Riley and Maury Jefferson and uh, Rico Scott for them to get, you know, quite a bit of one-on-one time with that staff. You know, a lot of times it'll be a, visit, a bigger visitor weekend or there's recruitments going on. Like the last official visit, they had guys they were trying to actually commit with the Washington transfers, Ryan Williams and those guys. But to get guys on campus who are committed, they're all offensive guys. They get a chance to sit down and talk with the offensive coaches, that had to be a huge, huge impression chance for an impression there. And it sounds like it went great. And again, guys, I'm, you know, I'm very high, you know, I'm very, very high on Rico Scott. He's built like a running back. You know, the, the, there's a lot of knock that his competition wasn't great, but you can't really cover. You can't really control who you play against or who you play with, but big kid, he's got speed. He's thick. He's good. You know, he's got a lot going on for him. He has a look of a special teams player too. Joseph, what was the feedback that you were able to gather from some of those guys? I know you were able to to do some of that in the aftermath. I think it was really interesting just to hear their initial thoughts on Coach Kalen DeBoer. And Rico was a conversation that we had been looking forward to having because immediately after Coach DeBoer was hired, he said that he liked the hire. Uh, he likes that his offense is catered to wide receivers and how productive those receivers are in Kalen DeBoer and Ryan Grubb's offense and getting to meet him in person for the first time. He was able to kind of see why, you know, Kalen DeBoer was chosen as the one to follow in Coach Saban's footsteps and uh, came away very impressed by his time with him. Uh, also with Jamarcus Shepard, Ryan Grubb, um, the wide receivers coach and OC respectively. Um, you know, this th that's what this weekend was all about. It was about getting to meet the coaches in person, get to talk with them, see, um, you know, who they're like. You know, Kevin Riley, uh, running back signee. Hadn't made a short trip, you know, not as far as Rico Scott from Pennsylvania. You know, um, Kevin's right there in Tuscaloosa. Uh, got to meet with Kalen DeBoer, spent some time with Robert Gillespie as well. It was a relatively quick trip uh, on Saturday for him, but, you know, getting to establish that relationship was key. You know, still waiting to catch up with Amari Jefferson, but, you know, heard uh, all, all was well on his end as well. Um, you know, Steve uh, from Canada, I'm not going to even try to pronounce his uh, last name on air, but, um, you know, he he's uh, he, he came away impressed too by meeting with DeBoer and also had as a connection there as DeBoer recruited one of his uh, one of his friends at Indiana. He liked that Freddie Roach is still on the staff. So, you know, the, the feedback was very positive for this past weekend's group of visitors, which also included a 2025 offensive lineman, Jackson Lloyd. Yeah, Andrew Bone with some good stuff, too, for us at BamaOnline.com in the retrospect of this 2024 class as it approaches the late signing date. Uh, and with that, Tim, is it pretty much just looking like Ryan Williams and Noah Carter putting pen to paper or finger to the screen electronically, however that happens these days? Yeah, I have no idea how they actually sign anymore. But, yeah, I mean, it's Ryan, and it's uh... – 
it's uh, Ryan. You know, it's almost like the relief has made people quit talking about Ryan. You know what I mean? Like, you know, we saw the initial outpouring, which was amazing. I mean, you saw the celebrating it and then rubbing it in that they got him and somebody else did. And we saw all that excitement going with Ryan. And then it kind of subdued. You know, you kind of slowed down. I think it would, to me, it was just relief after everything they've been through, right? Because they're, they'd seen all their worst fears. They had one worst fear left, right? They had one worst fear was not to get Ryan Williams. And I remember the early talks, like we reported he was there on the Monday. I remember some of the early discussion was, I, I don't want to get my hopes up. I was like, dude, if he showed up 72 hours after Kalen DeBoer's hired on a Monday, <laughs> he might at least be optimistic. So, yeah, so it's odd to hear, you know, just, just Ryan. It is just Ryan and Noah Carter. But, dude, when it comes to two talented players, I'm not sure you could have asked for more. You're looking to guys that can impact on the offense and the defense, the versatility. Um, I can't talk enough about Noah Carter. I know Charles Power's a huge fan. We got him right around 50, 60 in the country. I mean, a guy that blew up, Arizona Player of the Year, just a fantastic prospect. So while it's only two, it's a big two, and it impacts both sides of the ball. So, JoJo, as we look at this 2024 class as it sits right now, understanding there were a couple of defections. All things considered, how would you, 10,000-foot view, look at this class as it went through the coaching change and now we get closer to that line, late signing date and the way that this new staff has kind of been able to keep things together? I kind of want to go and piggyback off what Tim was talking about because you, you, you talk about the impact that Ryan and Noah will be able to make on those sides of the ball, offense and defense. Also look at it from just a regional aspect, you know, being able to secure the, the um, you know, the top remaining target in the state of Alabama who is prioritized by by Auburn for quite some time. Uh, and then also being able to go out to the West Coast. I know they already had landed his commitment, um, you know, when they were at Washington. But, you know, for him to now make that cross country move to this, um, to Alabama shows the trust that him and his family has in Kalen DeBoer and his staff. So it really has some implications for what Alabama recruiting can look like in the future. You know, you talk about the um, the amount of West Coast offers that have been extended. Um, players from California are going to be visiting this uh, this upcoming weekend. So it's going to be a nice, interesting little mix there with, you know, in-state, you know, obviously regional recruiting uh, there in the southeast, but then also being able to expand out to the West Coast, continue expanding out to the West Coast, because Alabama is already um, doing well, you know, in the state of California specifically. But, um, you know, now they have two players from Arizona in Carter and also Parker Brailsford. Um, you know, who's originally from Scottsdale. So I think that's pretty interesting in terms of talking about the implications of Alabama recruiting going forward. And then just to keep most of these guys, in, you know, who signed in that 2024 class locked in and just the enthusiasm that they have for Alabama recruiting. You know, you talk about somebody like a Jalen Mbakwe. You know, you have to give a shout out to him. Committed July 2022, stayed throughout the coaching changes, you know, with, with Nick Saban being gone, with um, – Coach Traveris Robinson being gone, uh, sticking with Alabama, and then also helping and being an instrumental part in landing Ryan Williams' commitment. Um, you know, the, I, I think this 2024 class is one that we can look back on in a few years, uh, especially if they're able to win a national championship and be as one of those defining classes um, just because of how, how they stuck it out and stuck through with, with the Crimson Tide throughout this change. So I think it's very impressive that, I mean, they have they had two losses. One of those was, you know, to quarterback Julian Sane, uh, I'm very, you know, I, I like Julian. I've been able to see him in person, very excited about what, what his potential could be. But you also get a you get to replace him with a quarterback who was 
Um, you know, arguably could have been a top 100 player had had his reclassification uh, been done before the rankings were released. And Austin Mack, um, he's essentially a 2024 kid because, you know, he was already in that 2024 class before. So, uh, yeah, very excited about this 2024 group for Bama. As you, you know, can see. Made it, just made ahead, a good Tim. point. I mean, we I've said this on the roundtable last night. You know, they all talk about the dream school jinx. I mean, they say if a guy says Bama's a, uh, the dream school, he doesn't come there. That's not even close to true. This class proved that we saw several guys that did it. Jalen Mbakwe, no drama. And make no doubt about it, he could have created all the drama he wanted. Him and Ryan Williams. You know, we keep we look at Ryan as a Bama beat Auburn. Bama beat the whole frigging country for that kid. There's no school in the country who he can't call and say, hey, I'm interested. Texas actually going into that was kind of odd going into this, you know, after the Saban retirement. They thought they were more of a competition than Auburn was, which was kind of wild to me. And, again, that's just from the Texas standpoint. But, yeah, that's a good point. You had guys that created no drama. The majority of them created no drama. You focus on the few that did. But for the most part, it, it was pretty even kill across the board, even through a coaching change. So I feel like they recruited the right guys. As you can tell, so much to keep up with and no better place to do that than with us at BamaOnline.com. Join us on the roundtable, our premium message board right there at BOL. You're going to get all this stuff and a whole lot more with BOL. And, of course, our YouTube channel. If you haven't already, like subscribe to the Bama online YouTube channel, hit that notification bell. That way you get all of our video content as it drops. And speaking of good timing, Tim, I would say the senior bowl this week being in the state of Alabama and not just in terms of Kalen DeBoer making his appearance down there at the annual all-star game, but having a guy like Michael Penix Jr. down there, the quarterback for the Washington Huskies, and then being able to cross-check some of these additions for Alabama, like Jeremy Bernard, like Parker Brailsford, uh, and then what he anticipates from Austin Mack at the quarterback position to go along with what DeBoer and Ryan Grubb are going to bring to the table offensively. I'd say that was a pretty good recruiting pitch for Alabama this week. Oh, absolutely. I mean, Alabama's going to look the part. They're going to have guys getting drafted uh, from Alabama, and they're going to have guys that Kalen DeBoer coached that are going to get drafted high from Washington. So it's a win-win from Alabama from that perspective. I found it odd that somebody cut that video. Did you see the video where, like, they tried to make it look like Michael Penix, like, shoved Kalen DeBoer off? And then you see the longer video. Some of y'all need to, like, you need to find, like, you need to find, like, a hobby. You know, you need a hug. <laughs> I mean, to go and take the video and cut it to 1.3 seconds to make it look like I saw one guy say he karate chopped him, you know, <laughs> like he, it's obviously a joke, but I found it interesting. That drew even more buzz. But yeah, I mean, when you look at from an Alabama only standpoint, talk to a lot of people that's met Kalen DeBoer. I can't tell you the, the drastic difference between Kalen DeBoer and Nick Saban. You know what I mean? Nick Saban, a quiet guy, very methodical with his approach, you know, pretty close knit, not, not, not a big circle. And, you know, I wouldn't say overly friendly. And Kalen DeBoer, who's just apparently wide open and and uh, just totally different personalities. You know, we kind of got used to the saving, you know, the, the getting hit, you know, yelling at a, you know, yelling in the game up 72 to three. You know, we got used to it. But Kalen DeBoer has been a huge success for people that have met him. And, yeah, I think Mobile's been good for him. Our own Charlie Potter's down there. He'll have stories throughout the week. He does a great job. He goes in and out, gets some uh, – get some crawfish or some shrimp and bills us and then comes home. So that's a lot of good content coming. Yeah, absolutely. And Joseph, um, 
it mobile just one of the stops for this staff right i know you've been keeping up with that along with tim andrew bone our outstanding recruiting staff there at bol a little bit of everywhere it seems like for this staff right now yeah they're they're going from coast to coast um you know alabama has a brand and that brand is continuing based off our conversations with recruits, with coaches, with parents, it's continuing to stay strong. Um, you know, but you have to do that relationship piece too. You have to go and visit these schools. You have to go visit a Julian Lewis, Juju Lewis out of Carrollton high school and, and visit him twice and let him know, you know, that he's a priority and, and, and get those relationships built. And you also have to go to the West Coast again and continue building upon those relationships that you previously had, um, making sure that everything is good on that. And I, I really think it's going to be interesting to see uh, the future of Alabama recruiting going forward. You know, Tim brought up a good point about, you know, how Alabama gets to have a little bit of the best of both worlds with Kalen DeBoer's players being drafted and also Alabama's players being drafted. I had one recruit at Battle Miami, the seven-on-seven event this past weekend, tell me um, that with Alabama's – and he, he's a wide receiver. He told me with Alabama's history at his position, and also the offense that's being brought in, it's it's perfect for a playmaker. That's how he described it. So, it, it, you know, I, I think just watching from the recruiting pitch standpoint, you know, as we talk with some of these kids that Alabama visits, it's going to be interesting to see how much that's taken into account. You know, I spoke with former um, commit Zion Grady. We have a story posted on BamaOnline.com right now uh, about his time with the board yesterday. And he was just talking a little bit about, you know, his expectations for the board and how he can see him continuing that standard at Alabama. So, um, you know, th these visits are very important. These school stops are really important. Before, you know, before this year, you couldn't meet with, um, you know, rising seniors, you know, cur current juniors, rising seniors, and talk with them at their schools. That's now changed, um, and it allows them to – it's it's the perfect timing for, for this new Alabama staff to get those uh, in-person conversations and relationships built. Tim, let's go to uh, our viewers here for maybe a question. Let's check in with Sam here in the comments. Morning, gentlemen. Morning, Sam. My concern is not the offensive recruiting, Sam says. With Saban being a defensive genius, defensive recruiting is now a concern for me. What DL linebacker or DB is this staff uh, after pretty hard? I guess we're talking more 2025. Uh, and look, more of that's going to become known uh, in the days and really the weekend to come with that first junior day. And then, by the way, a junior day, right, that had to be pushed back because of the coaching change and because of that sort of late notice, you're going to have some conflicts with some of these 2025s that had already made plans elsewhere. So be patient. There's going to be even more names to come. Yeah, I think what you noticed with the staff at first is they were, they had guys. I mean, when you look at the guys they've committed, I think Noah Carter is a classic example. They know what they're looking for. Um, the early offers you saw, and like Travis pointed out, a lot of this they're figuring out the South, right? When they were at Washington, they weren't hitting Atlanta and Birmingham and, and Memphis or any of these areas as hard as they will now, obviously. So there's still a learning curve there. You had Freddie Roach, who knows the state pretty well. You have Robert Gillespie, who knows the state of Florida pretty well. They retained Bob Welton, who had a had a grip on the 25 class for the Alabama staff also. But they might not necessarily want the same guys the Nick Saban staff wanted. I mean, everybody, you know, it's like picking your wife. Everybody has a preference. But if you look, you can see, I mean, they offered a young guy named Josiah Sharman from California, from Sacramento, who to me is one of the best-looking prospects in the nation on the defensive line. Um, they've got him coming. He's supposed to be coming in at some point. Got him an early offer. I know he likes Alabama. Um, they've got a linebacker from Matter Day coming in. They've got people from all over Cal Abdullah Sanders. They got people from all over California coming. 
and they're working, you know, as Joseph said, they're working some of these guys in the state, Zion Grady. Hey, Antonio Coleman, your name might be familiar. He went to Sarah land. Ryan told him to flip to Auburn because Ryan was going, that didn't really happen. And, but he was committed to Alabama. Antonio ended up flipping to Auburn. Um, and it's now expected he confirmed with Joseph and Andrew that he's coming in this weekend. So they're going to figure out the good thing is if you like defensive players, there's none, no place better than to be in the South. We create defensive players at an alarming rate. Offensive guys we see out of just the dirty, dirty South. We see them in South Florida. We see them in Texas. We see them in California. You see talented offensive guys everywhere. But the South is a different breed of, of defensive guys that you can find. Texas obviously has great as well. Absolutely. Programs from around the country the West Coast. It's interesting. It seems like a lot of programs in the South maybe go to the West Coast for offensive guys, quarterback, skill guys. Uh, but then the West Coast, they come back to the South because they know defensively, especially where defensive linemen are concerned, that's typically uh, a major, major benefit to them to do so. So, Joseph, big junior day coming up this weekend in Tuscaloosa. I know we have a running list of expected visitors, and I say expected because, as we know, in this business, things can change minute to minute, day to day. But as it sits right now, who are some of the names that sort of jump out at you? Yeah, I mean, uh, Tim mentioned Antonio Coleman. That's a big one there. You know, former Alabama commitment, now Auburn commitment. Um, out of Sarah Land High School, you know, Ryan is obviously, you know, uh, committed to Alabama, uh, going to sign next week. So it's good to have him in the fold, recruit, helping to recruit, especially at that school when you have a couple of guys there that, um, you know, Alabama's going to have some interest in. You got Derek Smith out of Southside High School in Selma, Alabama, uh, one of the most interesting prospects in the country just because he's a two-way player. Can see him uh, playing on either side of the ball. Um, you know, I spoke with his head coach about his skill set. He raved about him. Uh, talked about that kind of Travis Hunter type of an effect. Um, he actually said that he likes him more at this stage now than than, than Travis was when he was in high school. So I, I think he he's somebody with a lot of upside. Jordan Young, um, you know, top athlete out of North Carolina. Uh, you know, we're, we're waiting to see a couple of others. You know, there's some others like Jaden Perlotti, who's still uh, Georgia linebacker commitment, who was offered by Bama this week who's still trying to figure out his schedule, still see if he can make it to, to Bama. Uh, got some other names confirmed, a, a nice little presence from Pennsylvania and also the West Coast as well. So, um, yeah, th th there's some really interesting prospects who are going to be in town. Obviously, Alabama would have loved to have a, a, a few more guys in for this upcoming weekend, but you got a couple more junior days that you're going to be able to have in the spring, uh, one after the, the upcoming dead period too. So, yeah, this weekend, once again, it's all about building those relationships, getting to get those guys on campus, um, see the coaching staff in person. And, um, you know, there, there may be some more changes to the visitors list over the next couple of days. Like, like you mentioned, that's kind of how it goes with these schedules. So um, maybe some subtractions, maybe some additions. But right now, a pretty solid, good looking list for, for the Crimson Tide. Tim, when I look at these lists post Nick Saban, I'm interested in representation. In other words, where are these guys coming in from? Because we know under Nick Saban, they came from everywhere. And what I'm seeing, at least initially for Kalen DeBoer's first junior day, looks like that's going to have some carryover. I mean, I, I see California. I see New Jersey. I see the Southeast. Yeah. You know, one name we really need to touch on a little bit more was Jackson Lloyd who uh, Joseph mentioned briefly that came in with the official visitors. It's been pretty quiet because he came in with the officials. Guys are trying to wrap up. It's the last few uh, bows to tie, I guess you could say, before you put this class to bed. But, I mean, this is a big guy. I mean, he's a 
He's, I watched his film. I was surprised at how good he was. Alabama was in on the offer. Got him to come from Carmel. I'm sure, you know, I keep hearing that said so many different ways. Carmel, California. Side note, Clint Eastwood was the mayor mm-hmm. of that, just in case you were wondering. Good golf out there too, Tim. I know you like that. Hey, good we golf were headed there. In that area. We were headed there to a big trip. That place looks amazing. It is. It might be, you might dust me off from retirement to go watch him play. <laughs> Because that area, Joseph would be fighting me. That area is absolutely amazing. COVID, the year COVID shut us down. We had a big California trip. It's amazing. But this is a big guy. And I'm curious, the most curious, what is going to be the offensive line philosophy? That's what I want to know. Because we saw Alabama had them, you know, they liked them big. They had a tight. They liked them 330, was, was too skinny. Washington, on the other hand, had a lot of lean guys. I'm expecting that to be in the middle ground. Between those, I don't think you want your tackles at 360 necessarily with the Washington offense. Um, I think 310, 315. But you look at this guy, he's kind of from that mold. Six foot six, 290, 295 pounds. That's a little bit more sustainable putting on 10 or 20 pounds to get him where you want him to be or keep him where he's at. But yeah, you're seeing guys all over from, you know, the South, obviously, but there's a heavy West Coast presence and some national presence as these coaches come in from different areas and they've been recruiting these guys for, you know, the past couple of years. Joseph, are we seeing at this early stage of things <laughs> under Kalen DeBoer, a defined area approach with this staff? Are we seeing where assistants are settling in to particular uh, areas, regions when it comes to recruiting responsibilities? Yes, we're definitely seeing a little bit about about that. And you you see Kane Womack, um, you know, former South Alabama head coach, you know, really making a mark there in Mobile, um, which makes sense. You know, he offered some of these guys when he was there at South Alabama, um, was able to, to, you know, get them on campus for visits. And, you know, some of the recruits I've spoken with have raved about him, whether it's, you know, the first time meeting him or the conversations they've had with him before, like a Micah DeBose, who um, Womack was in touch with his family. Um, prior when he was at South Alabama. You know, obviously, Coach Gillespie, as uh, Tim mentioned, you know, going to continue to uh, keep recruiting in Florida. Uh, also had some um, areas in, in Georgia that he was covering as well. Um, you know, we've seen some of these guys go out from, from coast to coast, like a Courtney Morgan, who isn't, you know, a, a coach, like an on-the-field coach, but he's the general manager. We've seen him in California. We've seen him in, in Derby, Kansas. We've seen him pretty much er- everywhere. Um so, yeah, you know, so, some of these areas are going to start to be more defined, um, you know, especially later in the year when those when those uh, November, those no- November stops are taken, um, you know, and the next contact period opens up the spring contact period as well. But, um, yeah, we're seeing a little bit of that defined. And obviously, Kalen DeBoer is, is making his way, spending a lot of time in, in the southeast um, specifically, which is you know, pretty good indicator, you know, um, you know, with some of the recruiting that's going to be going on in the states of Alabama, Georgia, even Mississippi, he made his way up there. Um, you know, he's making his way around. So, um, yeah, we're, we're seeing a little bit of that and, you know, get more defined as the, as the year goes on. Tim, we talked about Let me tell you, I was doing a little research and I might, I think I'm on to something. So I was looking at Kane Womack and his South Alabama staff. I didn't see any social presence about their offers. I know that they uh, they did a really good job of evaluating. I think they hit them so nobody'd swoop in, do the read their evaluations and take them. Like I was digging deep, well, deep for Tim on Twitter, which is limited. <laughs> at, which is limited at times. I have to get Joseph in, <laughs> to do a lot of my searches for me, but um, I could not find a social presence. And I've talked to enough people that said they evaluated really well. This wouldn't be unheard of because we've seen basically those feeder schools 
when you see a guy offered randomly in a certain state, you've seen the bigger schools swoop in to watch him closer. So I think South Alabama's very confident in their in their evaluations. And I saw that was a good side note that they hit him, which makes me think they were worried somebody would swoop in and take him. And I feel like that did happen a few times. But that's probably a good sign. Sam wants to know here in the comments, he says, thanks, guys. Thank you, Sam, for the question earlier. And how can I find or access the BOL Roundtable? Really simple. Just go to BamaOnline.com and follow the signs, follow the links, and you'll be able to jump on board with us. Hey, Tim, something else I wanted to ask you about. Well, we talked about this Tuesday, actually, on our show. The melding of support staff. Looks like Alabama, from a recruiting uh, perspective, going to keep some key cogs from the Nick Saban regime and then mix in as we've seen Courtney Morgan and even some more recent additions from that perspective. It kind of has the feel of maybe an all-star cast when you bring these these folks together. Yeah, we were told early on that the support staff was going to be huge. Uh, we Again, we've said this on several, on our, several times on the show and on the roundtable that I thought it was massive what the people on staff from the Saban era were able to do. And we've mentioned you know, Ashley, Ha Ha, Josh Chapman, uh, Denzel Duvall among, but there's a bunch of others doing the fan, you know, the stuff in the back and the, you know, coaches aren't as accessible as other people. There's meetings and there's planning and there's recruiting. So you got to have that family environment. So Alabama did a terrific job there uh, of, of the, of the staff and support group uh, that you don't hear a lot. And we've never talked about these people, right? All these years, we never really mentioned Josh Chapman or Ashley, or, or ha-ha. We never, I mean, we mentioned ha-ha because he was a former player. We never really talked about his role. So um, it's good to see them get some credit and they're much deserved. But also, I think Washington's bringing in the guys they trust. They're bringing in guys who have connections to the South and guys they trust. They're being creative with their, uh, with their titles. So, yeah, it's going to be a big group. I don't think – the one thing I can guarantee you, I don't think Kalen DeBoer and his staff are under any, any – uncertainty about what it takes to recruit the South and how important it is. You know, a lot of people were like, is he going to know it's important to call Ryan? You know what I mean? It's like my mom knows it's important to call Ryan. You know what I mean? She does. She's probably, you know, she's probably known three names in the history of her life that uh, were recruits at Alabama. So yeah, I think the staff gets it. And again, Courtney Morgan and the guys that are putting together seem to be a really strong group. And the reason I think they're strong is when they leave, I get text about them. Because I'm used to, you know, a lot of times I have to ask, hey, do you know this guy? Hey, what do you know about this guy? But I'm getting feedback before I even hit, you know, before I even reach out to anybody. So obviously some 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 well-respected people. JoJo, you've been on the road, as we talked about earlier, here very recently in South Florida, down in Fort Lauderdale. I wanted to get your perspective in talking to recruits, perspective targets for Alabama and going from maybe even last summer before Nick Saban, what turned out to be his final season, obviously there was still a lot of juice, a lot of energy around Alabama with Nick Saban in place. Just from this most recent trip that you made, do you sense that Alabama's sustaining that in going from Nick Saban to Kalen DeBoer, at, at least in the transition stage? Yeah, I mean, honestly, I don't think it could have been drawn up any more perfect for Alabama. It really seems like a seamless transition, especially from the relationship side of things. Um, you know, the, the recruits that I spoke with over the weekend in person, um, you know, once again, spoke highly of Kim DeBoer. 
uh, talked about how genuine he is, how relatable he is, how down the earth he is. That's the one that keeps on coming up um, all the time. We heard Ryan Williams talk about that. Um, also got to hear a lot about Jamarcus Shepard and how he coaches up his wide receivers. I had one recruit tell me um, that Jamarcus Shepard is the top two receivers uh, coach in the nation alongside Brian Hartline. Uh, just positive reviews about him. Also positive reviews about Ryan Grubb, how they utilize their wide receivers, um, get them involved in the offense. Um, and, you know, I also had Kevin Riley, um, the running back signee, tell me that initially he thought it was like an air raid, you know, because of Jalen Polk and Roma Dunsey, the production they had. And then he looked more into it and got to see Dylan Johnson and his 16 touchdowns, his over a thousand yards. So, you know, you're, you're having a little bit of a nice mix and reception there from the skill position players. Heard some tight ends, some top tight ends in a 2025 class speak highly of Nick Sheridan, a name we haven't really been uh, talking too much about. But, um, you know, yeah, the, the, the reviews are coming in very positively for Alabama. And, you, you, you know, going back to your question about, you know, that adjustment, you know, can Alabama keep that momentum? It, it really seems like they have, obviously – not reflected on the commitment list just yet. You know, only two commitments uh, in that 2025 class, you know, had a lot of guys decommit and reopen the recruiting process. But, you know, I'm going to sound like a broken record here. Still a lot of time left. Um, December is a, you know, a long time away to build those relationships, to get them on campus, you know, take those official visits. So everything seems to have been going very smooth for, for Kalen DeBoer and his staff. And, um, you know, they've hit the ground running. You, you see it on the recruiting trail. You see all the visits that they've been taking, um, the guys that they've been prioritizing. And, 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 you know, obviously it's not paying off in terms of, of the commitment, you know, so there's no like tangible thing to point to right now uh, in terms of commitments, but just all the positive feedback um, has been very encouraging. Tim, it's very much with all this sustainability that we are talking about, we do know it's a very different time in college football and college athletics. And when I say that transfer portal is up there, but perhaps NIL right now, I don't think there is a hotter topic uh, in collegiate athletics. Even when you talk about on the field, uh, everyone wants to know about NIL. So when I think about a weekend coming up and I think about that part of the presentation for Alabama, um, I think about a, a continuation in terms of, trying to ramp up yay Alabama and and make it more of a, a sales point for the Crimson Tide. But you still got to be careful, as we've seen here in recent days, because apparently the NCAA is keeping their eyes out for it being used in ways that it wasn't originally meant to be implemented. Yeah, I bet the approach has changed a lot in the last four or five days, right? I bet the presentation's a lot different than it was. I mean – I mean, it's to me, it's hilarious. The NCAA is like, whoa, this is this is getting out of hand. Like, I don't know anybody. I can't believe this is happening. I don't. Yes, I don't understand. I mean, (laughs) I don't understand why they didn't think this might be a Hey, Tex Snyder. Good to see him. I was wondering if he's going to show up, Travis. Tex, Tex come popping in. He's a little late, you know. I'm surprised they were put something in his file. I think what they need to do is establish some kind of set they have and I mean obviously you're skirting issues you're talking semantics you're not supposed to be able to pay for play I mean it's pretty that's pretty but there's rules around it and if you live in the gray area the NCAA can't punish colleges in my opinion because they found the loopholes right <laughs> they just gotta they, tradition history has shown us you just shut the loopholes so you can't circle back I mean tenant NCAA was aggressive they put it out there. They leaked it out there. I mean, there's not six national guys getting the same story with each escalating a little bit more information. 
without that. Tennessee was right waiting on it. They were in the bushes. They come jumping out with their, you know, their weapons as well. They're threatening and uh, Don Day. I thought it was a Kanye West album. I had to, I didn't even know who she was, but she is not scared at all. Um, she is ready for battle. Oh. So <laughs> somebody's going. Somebody is going to be wrong in this situation. So I think that NIL is going to change a lot of how we look at things just this past week, Florida, we've seen what happened with Florida state. So like you said, it's a thin line. I don't even know how you approach it. It's not, this is not what it was intended for. I don't know how you sit down and say, Hey prospect, we're going to give you this money and it not. And also the prospects aren't stupid. We've heard several stories of, okay, that's great. Pay me now, pay me when I sign, which literally puts you on the books for pay for play. Um, yeah, it's, I don't know how you approach that. I don't know how, I don't know how you can approach that to be honest without risking some kind of repercussions. I'm sure they found the loopholes too, but it's a mess. It is. And with the States of Tennessee and Virginia, very much on the attack against the NCAA right now, Feels like another defining me, mile marker let me ask ahead you this. for college let me athletics. Ask you this. How the hell did Virginia get in it? Did they just piggyback? I mean, Tennessee's battling over Nico. That's obvious. Did I mean, did, how did Virginia jump in there? Just like, hey, we'll go too. I don't understand. Yeah. We're, right, we're riding shotgun. What's happening there? <laughs> I mean, um, they're going to spend JoJo. a lot of NIL money. Yeah, I, I'm not sure about that one. JoJo, in terms of what you think uh, BOL subscribers, Bama fans, from a recruiting perspective, need to be on alert for, what is most important from that perspective in the upcoming days here? I mean, obviously, it's going to be that junior day this upcoming weekend. You know, you're going to be able to get a bunch of 2025, 2026, and even 2027 prospects on campus as well. Um, you know, they're going to be hosting QB Reese, a linebacker commitment in the 2024 class uh, for his visit. And then you got the dead period coming up right after that, you know, in the next week. And uh, that that's something that we're going to be paying attention to throughout the course of February is how many offers are extended, you know, does Alabama continue to do evaluations and uh, and extend offers throughout the month of February or wait until March? Um, they're expected to have another junior day shortly, um, in, you know, in the beginning of March as well and getting some more big-time prospects on campus, you know, like Zion Grady and others. So, um, you know, but obviously this upcoming weekend with the junior day is going to be pivotal for the Crimson Tide. It's going to be the last time to see these guys in person, these prospects in person before that February dead period. But, you know, right now it's kind of, you know, Alabama got off to such a hot start in the 2025 class. Obviously, you know, they talked about all the commitments that they had on both sides of the ball. Um, now it's kind of about resetting things, getting those relationships restarted, um, you know, with, with the new staff and um, getting new prospects, some new faces on campus who previously weren't on Alabama's radar. So, you know, um, right now it's kind of a wait and see uh, approach, but you know, the, the the first job, the first big task was accomplished, and that was getting Ryan Williams in the fold. Because imagine if Ryan Williams was uncommitted right now and going to Auburn this weekend, how, how much stress there would be. So <laughs> I, I would just say, that, you know, Alabama fans can go, go to sleep a little bit better tonight, you know, knowing that Ryan Williams is committed. And, um, you know, now it's about 2025, 2026, building those relationships. Dang, Tim. Uh, JoJo went there with that. With that uh, scenario of Ryan Williams visiting Auburn this weekend, in retrospect, boy, that rookie, would have been a fun weekend, move. huh? We didn't need this rookie move, right? <laughs> Joseph doesn't know some of the things we. I know like it, week. JoJo. For the record, I like it. JoJo yeah. doesn't know about Juice Ruben it up. Foster. 
being on an Auburn official visit. I go to watch Eric Anders fight MMA. He's on an Auburn visit Friday official, and he's at Alabama Saturday. Joe don't know he got in a fight there and left, so he doesn't know how stuff gets weird the last weekend. We got to hold our breath until midnight. Uh, the old Monday. folks around here, JoJo, they like it nice and sedate. You know, that's yeah, the way the old folks are. We don't talk like up on it. Joseph the young guys, guy, they like a little action. They like Just as that guy saying, we're going to win it three minutes in the second quarter. <laughs> hey, Tim, any- <laughs> he was that Georgia basketball fan last night. Boy, they were feeling that 17 to two run, weren't they? Oh, to man. start the game. How about nice Nate Oates? Little- yeah. Nice little lesson here for me. <laughs> Heck of a win. Heck of a win for Nate Oates' team last night. Tim, anything else before I mean, we get out of here? No, I'm, uh, I think that, again, I think this staff has done a really good job. I couldn't – I didn't expect it to be the last weekend before the – the heading into the last weekend for the last signing day. And it, with Nick Saban having retired just a few weeks ago and us be having these discussions, we could very well be discussing who the next coach is. You know, we could very well be discussing they lost a lot more in the portal, um, you know, lost lost more from their their commitment. I mean, there's a lot worse case scenario than we just saw playoffs. wasn't ideal, but it's not nearly as bad as I probably would have expected if you told me everything we were going to walk into in 2024. So I was good so far. So hopefully they'll finish it off and get going on that next class. And we'll have you covered with all of that and more right there at BamaOnline.com. Hang out once again with us on the roundtable, our premium message board there at BOL. And if you haven't subscribed to our YouTube channel right here for BamaOnline.com, we certainly hope you'll go ahead and do that right now. Hit that notification bell while you're at it. That way you get all of our video content as it drops. Thanks, JoJo. Thank you, Tim. Thank you. See you guys on the roundtable. For Joseph Hastings and Tim Watts, Travis Ryer, thanking you once again for joining us right here on the YouTube home for BamaOnline.com. And until next time, so long, everybody.